0: I believe it to be important for us uh, part of being a bible preacher Bible teacher is you preach it 's real simple what 's in the Bible and we 've been preaching a little bit out of this, and we 've been preaching on sound doctrine. what is sound doctrine? we see it there in chapter four and about verse three and The Bible says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. We've even used the Bible to define what is this sound doctrine, what's it mean? And it means any preaching or any teaching that promotes godly living right living and we're living of course in a day where uh, nobody wants to consider or know or even practice right living we're in a very wicked age i firmly believe that we're in the last days right before uh, the tribulation now we're going to get raptured out before the trib hits us we're getting close Rus- russia is rising up and uh, that's a bible like her to of that bear And she is devouring some flesh. And uh, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, You got Russia and China is going to join in with them before too long. I don't know if it will happen now. But all these sanctions, they did exactly what I thought they would push them closer to the kings of the east, which is China. And of course, Iran will be in there on that. That is Bible. It's Bible prophecy. It's going to happen, and that stage is being set. But for us this morning, on a Sunday morning, let's get into chapter 3, and let's look at this topic here. Now, remember, chapter 1 starts here. This is the what we call the pastoral epistles, and this is how that a pastor is to run the church, and what he's to be on guard against. Well, this uh, First Timothy would even go with this, where he says uh, that we need to learn how to behave ourselves in the house of God. Uh, that's <laughs> that's a lost topic today, uh, but into the Bible believing realm and to Bible preaching and Bible teaching churches, that is still a preached doctrine today but then he says you need to understand your purpose in christ and that purpose is to see soul saved it says verse 9 in chapter 1 according to his own purpose and grace did the lord save us there's a reason and then he said that i'm not ashamed of the gospel and then last week we talked about what is a good soldier he tells timothy you commit yourselves to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also and we found out from scripture that a good soldier not only endures the hardship of battle or of warfare he endures the hardship of waiting and he endures the hardship of that mental warfare he says he would endure all things he would endure sound doctrine and so now, this week, he's going to show Preacher Timothy, now there's going to be a group of people. And as we get closer to the end time, there's going to become more and more of them. And of course, everybody's going to claim Christianity. So to tie, the title of today's message is Reprobate Christians. You say, wow, that's a mouthful. Or Apostate Christians apostate Christianity said I don't believe there's no such thing. Well, it uh, there isn't. <laughs> it is a lost person pretending to be a saved person, but they can't get a grip on the Christian life. Now let's get in this. We need to read this chapter so we get good context here about what we're going to talk about. Verse 1. This no. So he says Timothy, you need to know this, pastor. This no. All that also in the last days, perilous times shall come. It means troublesome times, worrisome times. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. They're traitors, they're heady, they're high-minded, they're lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. They have a form of godliness. There's where we get that. They're, they're going to try to be pretend to be Christian. So they got a form. But he says they deny the power thereof. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Thereof from such turn away, he says, you need to turn away from them, they'll hurt you. Evil communications corrupt good manners. And then he says, for of this sort, he's going to tell you what their actions are. Are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women, laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these. Also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate. There's where I get my title. Reprobate Christians. Reprobate concerning the faith. But they shall proceed no farther, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, and patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, At Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou, thou. Now he's talking about enduring. He's telling the saint of God, you're gonna have to be able to continue on, he says, in what which thou hast learnt and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may uh, be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Let us pray. Our gracious Father, we come. Lord, we thank you for today. Help us now today in these last days and Lord, we're closer now than ever before, but we need to continue. We need to endure. We need to stay by the stuff. Help us to be on guard against this uh, group uh, here that the Bible says that we need to know something about. And Jesus Christ's name, amen. Apostate means one who is false or a traitorous, one who is forsaken, the church and that's what he's talking about there in chapter four so this is very fitting and before i get in the message make sure you uh get with our, our visitors now they've been here before and a wonderful family and uh, uh the son has wrote a couple of books which he had mailed me and good books uh, i liked reading them I, I like reading i like books and so you make sure you shake their hands there they're visiting right you come down here vacation Visit, But I remember them from the last time. Very sweet uh, family there. And you make sure you give them the right hand of fellowship. That's brothers and sisters in Christ. And uh, they're scattered all across this land. And they love God. And, and they serve God. And so you make sure you uh, give them that right hand of fellowship today on our way out. Now, let me give you some Bible. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, Let no man deceive you. By any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. What I'm keying on is, he said, there'll be a time of deception. There would be people that would try to deceive others of their authenticity. The Bible says in Luke verse, uh, chapter 21, verse 8, it says, And he said, Take heed, that ye be not deceived, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and the time draweth near. Go ye not therefore after them. Then he says in Second Peter chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privily... There's a, maybe a commentary on that creeping into houses. "...who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of." And then he says here in Romans chapter 16, "...now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned, and avoid them." For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. Now we kind of seen that here. They're lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. They're belly worshippers, so he says. They serve their belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. So the Bible, and I did not exhaust it by any means. You could get over there in First John around chapter 2. You can get in Jude. The book of Jude talks about these deceivers. And he commands the church that we need to earnestly contend for the faith. I was teaching the teen class this morning uh, about the importance of not perverting the gospel. They're out of Galatians chapter 1. And we're living in a day where there's a lot of perversions of the gospel. You either got the easy believism where there is no change, just say some magic words and everything's okay. That's hogwash. That's a perversion. That's taking something from it. But then you have the other side where they add things to the gospel. They say, well, you got to be baptized as a baby you got to be sprinkled you got to take the lord's supper you got to be a jew before you can get saved that's also a perversion of the gospel and the lord said the closer that we got to the tribulation and the second coming the more and more this would become prevalent across the earth but he has given us something that we need to know on how to spot this crowd now again I'm preaching a warning, and I'm educating us from the Word of God so we can be on guard and not be deceived by false prophets and false teachers that would come to us in sheep's clothing, that by fair speeches and good, big, long words, they would deceive the hearts of the simple. Let me get you in here on the attitude of the apostates. Or the attitude of a reprobate. And of course, this person, everybody today claims Christianity. When I get out, knock on doors, everybody's saved. You notice that? Everybody's a Christian. Wow. I think that'll be the biggest people group in hell, Christians you say, Oh, I can't believe you say that. Oh, I didn't say real Christians. There's been a lot of people, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, about verse 2, that have believed in vain. You say, Well, how do you know? I don't think you can know whether somebody's saved or lost. You don't study much of the word of God, do you? The Bible says in 1 John chapter 4 that we need to try the spirits. You've got one or two spirits in you this morning. You either still got the spirit of wickedness, which is the spirit of the devil. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 2 or you got the Holy Spirit in you and depending on how you ring back to me when we begin to preach and teach the Word of God the Bible says you can try the spirit that's in a human to see what sort it is and so here we go let me give you the attitude of a reprobate Christian someone who's pretending to be something they're not and they got a form of godliness. Now, I've been thinking about that word form. That form is like a kata. Matter of fact, years ago, we was in the dojo and in the martial arts, and we had something that we called forms. We would learn our forms, kata. And no, I was not in one of those weird Eastern religions that has a, a cult for a leader. Uh, you got to be careful about that stuff. Aikido is a cult-driven, the man that uh, made that system, Moriwe Ashiba. Uh, he was into the sun cults. You, you don't want to fool around with stuff like that. We was in a martial arts karate. And I like the jiu jits better. It's easy on him. But we had kata, but we called them forms. Now, one of the problems we run into in the class was people wanted to hurriedly get to the next rank. And so they say, What form do I need to? learn so i can get my green belt or my brown belt or my yellow belt and we would sometimes make them a it, back in those days it was a videotape videotape and show them the kata and they'd learn that kata and they'd learn the form but just because they knew the form did not mean they understood the principles that the form was to teach them and boy, they could learn all the katas. They could do them picture perfect, but they were dead as a door now when it comes to emphasizing the power. That's what he's talking about here. He said, These people got good form, but they don't know how to emphasize the power. Well, he means they're dead spiritually. Let's look at him. He starts out in verses two here. About their attitude. Now, those of you, some of you know that I've been studying. And I like the study of psychology. And uh, uh, I read books after it. I've taken some uh, courses on it. And uh, I just, by happenstance, when I read these verses, lovers of their own selves, it just struck a chord with me. And I went back through my notes, and I pulled up their characteristics of a narcissist. And I found it to be remarkably exact on. And so the attitude of these fake Christians, these apostate Christians, that we need to know something about. Number one, he says, they'll be... uh, Lovers of their own selves, and that's something that's new going on. I don't know if you've caught in on that, but people that's had trouble in relationships, they now, they date themselves. And they have learned now that because they, they date themselves, they're the happiest person on the planet. And they're in love with themselves. I, I, when I used to read that verse, it really didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But now you've got people that are literally dating themselves and they're wanting to marry themselves. It's weird. It's weird. This is a little deeper than that. Their attitude is an inflated sense of self-importance. It's all about me and my bad self. That's a narcissist, an inflated sense of self-importance. That's a boaster. The belief that they are special and unique and can only be understood by other special or high-status people That's somebody who's heady and high-minded. Now, I'm giving you the seven, six points that define a narcissist. How to see if someone has a narcissistic personality. The need for excessive admiration. You know, if you're sitting with somebody and you're trying to counsel with them, uh, I'm going through this list because I need to find out what am I dealing with. And so <laughs> excessive, the need for excessive admiration, that's somebody who's proud, uh, proud. Then you got a, a sense of entitlement. Everybody owes me something. You don't want to work. You don't want to turn a finger to do nothing. You won't even feed yourself, but you think you're entitled to somebody take care of you like you're a king. You're a narcissist. That's the attitude of a reprobate Christian. They're unthankful, is what the Bible said. Then he said, exploitive behavior. That's unthankful or a truce breaker. There it is. Let me get my notes right. They're exploitive behavior. It means they manipulate situations and people to their own good. That's what we call today a narcissist. They're narcissistic, they got a personality disorder it's a problem but the bible's teaching us something it ain't a chemical problem it is a spiritual problem they're truce breakers that's right they ain't going to keep their agreement as soon as the situation changes they have no honor they have no integrity they'll walk out on you in a heartbeat They'll always change the rules to the game. They're always moving the goalpost and make you feel like you're the problem. Then you got somebody who has a lack of empathy, which the Bible says is without natural affection. Now, you can do a lot with this, but when I looked it up and I run this down, the number one thing that keeps popping up is without natural affection means they don't like kids i love kids that's why i have the children we're working with that youth choir i want the little ones up here that baby's not hurting nothing She needs to get comfortable with coming up here to sing, to be with the others. We're teaching them how to work together, how to sing songs for God, how to worship in the house of God. They're not just coming to church to be bumps on a log and it's gonna but it will take somebody who loves children you're gonna have to have some natural affection but these boasters but these apostates but these reprobates who say they're christians because they've said a little sinner's prayer and maybe got baptized and joined a church they don't have no natural affection they don't like their kids they don't like your kids they don't like nobody's kids and they definitely don't want them in church that's a problem that's one of the ways to spot those birds then he says they're envious of others or the belief that others are envious of them that's despisers the bible says the despisers of those that do good you ever seen that you get two people in a home One's wanting to grow. One's wanting to do more for God. And the other one's not. And it becomes a problem. It's a rub. I talked about that a couple weeks ago. And my home, give you some of my personal testimony. I got news for you. A lot of times it's good old-fashioned lost. Good old-fashioned lost. And they become envious. They become despisers of those that would do good. And then they're arrogant and haughty they have arrogant and haughty behaviors the bible says that's a traitor a traitor will always be arrogant and haughty they'll justify how they have betrayed you that's the attitude of a reprobate christian that's the attitude that's what they have that's what you see in their life that's their attitude that's their motive that's what motivates them that's what powers them but then let's get into the actions, the actions that ain't the Bible nice, how it lays things out simple. And, and it's like following a recipe. You want to make biscuits? The Bible's got a biscuit recipe. If you follow it, that's what you're going to get is biscuits. But if you start messing with it and leaving this out or putting this in, you're going to get something else. So the Bible says, now look, a good soldier, an enduring soldier, know this, pastor. This kind you can't do anything with. These last 10 years I've spent a lot of time on my face crying over people that have thumbed their nose at God. And I believe because Timothy was a timid man, and he was easily discouraged and he was hurt. And it's easy to hurt a pastor. I understand. I look strong in here this morning. Boy, I look, wow, he's got it all figured out. But on the inside is, is a weakness there. And people, they don't think twice about hurting a pastor on what they say or how they act or where they go. This preacher is late awake, many a night praying And crying over the souls that are in this very church and the souls that we have lost along the way and i'm afraid to tell you some of them were reprobate they were lost and they need a good joseph jesus but yet they're convinced they're saved because they got form. let's get into their actions their activity the activity of an apostate verse four he says number one how you Spot these guys in their action. Is they're lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God? You say, what's that mean? That means if anything that they want to do gets in the way of God time, they're going to pick the pleasure. God's on the bottom of the list of priorities. You'll always find this reprobate doing things that pleases them. God's not first. Their belly is. That's what a lover of pleasure is. That's why I read you that verse over there in Romans where he says they are worship, their belly. That's their God is how I feel about it, what I think about it, and what makes me happy. That's a popular slogan today. Do what makes you happy. Uh, you ever talk to many people? There's a lot of freaks out there. I wouldn't be saying that to a lot of people. You don't know what you might have them do if you tell them, yeah, just do what makes you happy. You know, this old sheltered preacher's kid, (laughs) you know, (laughs) what I say is bad and wicked. Uh, This world's way on, there's stuff that some of y'all know about and there's stuff that's out there. I know nothing about it. And so you you don't need to be running off of that. Well, what's in your heart? Just follow your heart. What makes you happy? That's out of the pit of hell. The heart's deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. For many walk of whom I've told you often and now tell you even weeping. Oh, the apostle Paul wept that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly shame. This is their activity. Anything but church. Anything that puts me first. They make decisions based off of how they feel, never on principle. This Bible says there in verse 6 that they creep into houses. Do you see that? They creep into houses and they lead captive silly women you say what what is that well i've done some thinking and some researching on that that means they slither in on their belly that means they ain't using the front door they sneak in the back door they don't believe in being married they'll leave you on a bet they're always going to be around to exploit somebody they lead captive. they prey upon silly women laden with sins you say what's those silly women well, that's somebody that's got daddy issues. I'm just not going to marry a man who is going to be a leader in my life. I'm not going to have a husband tell me what to do. So I'm going to dumb down a little bit. And I'm going to get me somebody I can control. And guess what? This little reprobate bird says, sure, you can control me, baby, if... And he creeps in. And you look like you got the real thing. And he begins to exploit you and use your past and use what you do against you. Silly women laden with what? Lusts. Because you like some of what you see. It's reprobate. It's reprobate Christianity. Then he says what? They do it to escape detection. They do it to escape responsibility. I find that lacking in our today's men. They're not honorable. They'll do anything to escape responsibility of having to take care of family or take care of children because they don't like children. Now, they don't mind fathering them. They like that process, but they don't want to stick around to help raise them. Now, that's bad. It's wrong. And it's wrong when it's put under the tag of Christianity because God doesn't do things like that. They live on the down low. They want to know what you're doing, but I'm not going to tell you what I'm doing. That's a narcissist. That's a reprobate. They play mind games with you. They resist. Did you see this? Verse 8. They resist the truth. You say, what do you, what's that mean? That means when they're confronted with the word of God or the truth or simple good logic that makes sense, they'll resist it. They hate it. They don't like it. They're reprobate towards it. And they'll begin to work against it, throwing their little temper tantrums, doing whatever they got to do, pout in the corner, whatever they got to do to get their way. Sounds like I'm describing some of the church members you've all seen. Well, yeah, your preacher's been telling you for a good number of years, half that mess was lost. If you think everybody says they're a Christian is saved, I got some oceanfront property up there in Indiana I'll hook you up with. There might even be gold on it. And last time I checked the deed, I think I got access to the mineral rights. I bet you there's gold in there. They used to mine gold out of Duck Creek years ago. There might be somewhere on that property. I'll sell you some of that. Yeah. They're troublemakers. They're troublemakers at work. They're troublemakers in the home. The home's always in chaos. And they're troublemakers in church constant state of trouble and resistance towards anything right oh that's how i quickly spot them is when they want to go against the word of god i know about what i'm dealing with now let's get into verse 7 ever learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth this is the absurdity of the apostate and no if you're wondering within yourself where do you find that message it wasn't on SermonCentral.com. They ain't nobody preaching this. Not that I could find If the preachers are, they didn't put it on there. I even got some preacher friends that I went to Sermon's Audio pull up. I, I want to know what other preachers are saying about this. Now, I'm sure I didn't exhaust it, and I didn't spend all week looking for it. I spent all of about ten minutes couldn't come up with anything good or credible. And so I got in here and I had to do, boys, what I told you I did when I come up with a verse, uh, a, a message. Hey, you look, listen. And then there was 40 questions I might have started asking about this text to come up with a message. I had to do a little digging this week. So you won't find this one all plastered out somewhere else. But the absurdity of the apostate, they're ever-learning. He says they got a form. Boy, they know the form. They they know what they should say. They know the lingo. They know the line step drill. Oh, yeah. But there's just something off. They speak of God, but they live in sin and love it. They think nothing's wrong with their sin. i got news for you. This Bible, it says that when you get saved, you're a new creature in Christ old things are passed away behold all things have become new if you're still trying to do the things you did before you got saved you got some explaining to do between you and god you need to check up on what you think is salvation, because the Bible says you're a new creature. And if there ain't no new creature working in there, you've just learned something new, but you've got the form, but you don't have the power, and you deny the power of change. You're an apostate. You're a reprobate Christian. They have a shadow of religion without its substance. And each of us... There is form. That's the body. It's what you see this morning, my form. But then you got the soul. That's where the power. Christianity is a spiritual thing, but it requires a form, a body, in which to manifest itself in. There is an inward work. But because there is an inward work, an inward work of Christ, there will be an outward work an outward form of godliness but if you get the form without the power then you're spiritually dead the bible tells you that the body without the spirit is dead sometimes i have to go in to a deathbed and sometimes the spirit's gone And pretty much of the time, I can discern if that spirit's out of that body. It might be kept alive on life support, but I'm telling you, the body looks different when there's no spirit in there. And I've dealt with it enough that I can tell you within a few hours when it's getting ready to walk out and go where it's supposed to go for eternity. The Bible says the body without the spirit is dead. And when the body is dead, there's no Holy Spirit in there, you get corruption like we see here. You get stink. You get decay. This is what the Paul is warning Timothy about. I want you to think with me for a second. The raw material of a devil is nothing more than an angel without holiness. Let that sink in. The devils that are running around today were at one time angels. A devil, the raw material of a devil is an angel without holiness. You cannot make a Judas except out of an apostle. The inward good in outward form without inward life decays into the apostate Christian you see here. These apostates have church but they don't live church. They have form but no power to change. Which led me to this question. What is this power of godliness? Let me give you a couple of things by way of closing. God Himself is the power. The Holy Spirit is the life and force of it. It is the power which brings man to God and binds him to the Lord. Godliness is that which creates repentance toward God and faith in Him. Godliness is the result of a great change of the heart in reference to God and His character. Godliness looks towards God and longs to be in heaven with God. Godliness hastens to come to God and will not rest until it's home with God. Godliness makes a man want to conform to the image of God. Godliness leads to sanctification. The godly man seeks first the kingdom of God. Godliness makes a man commune with God. I hope those things are active in your life because that's the mere definition of godliness. They have form, but they deny the power of godliness. No change. And they're full of decay and they get worse and they get worse and they get worse. Now, I'm not going to leave you on a negative. What's the remedy? I believe the remedy to be simple. It's where the power's at. They need salvation. They need God. So, why well, I got God. No, you've just learned a little something more about God. You don't have God not living inside of you. They need salvation, verse 15, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. Amen. That's why Timothy wasn't a reprobate. He'd gotten saved. But you're going to need the Holy Scriptures. You see this verse over here in verse 16, 2 Timothy? He says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. That's what is right. He says, It's profitable for reproof. That's what is wrong. He says it's profitable for correction. That's how to get it right. And then he says it's profitable for instruction in righteousness. That's how to keep it right. You see, that's the remedy for a reprobate Christian. I don't know about you, but I'd quit playing, I'd quit pretending. I'd get serious about God. Say, well, I had a preacher lead me to Christ. There's no preacher that can save you. If you don't mean business with God, and if that was just your old narcissistic self coming out, that you were going to manipulate a situation to get what you want on the down low over here, you're still lost as the day is long. Anybody listen to my voice this morning? If there's not change in you, If you are saved, but you line up closer to this portion of Scripture than you did in chapter 2, you've got some problems. You see, like I said earlier, the raw material of a devil is nothing more than an angel without holiness. But the Bible says that old boy can still... Transform himself into an angel of light to deceive the hearts of people. Well, there's no hope for him. But if you're human, there's hope for you. There's remedy. There's a balm in Gilead. You need a good dose of salvation. Bring it to Christ. That's why a couple of weeks ago I shared with you our testimony and my wife's testimony and God has used her testimony in a mighty way growing up thinking she was saved yeah she did been baptized over a hundred times you say wow yes she still lost the day was long we found out and I got news for you there was a rub there But one day God got a hold of her heart And what she struggled with was it can't be that simple. Yeah. But you got to bring it all. You got to give it all to Jesus. Say, how do I know if he's in there? If you're a new creature, if you walk away a new creature, that's how. If your mind is changed from about what you used to be doing. then he's in there. I don't feel that. I still want to run, drink, smoke, chew. Well, <laughs> if that don't bother you, and you think that's A-OK, there's a good possibility, and I'll even go so far to say you're reprobate concerning the faith. And You better get that thing right, or you'll end up splitting hell wide open. We as a church need to be on guard against this type of Christianity. I get a lot of questions about, well, why is this church doing this? And why are they dancing and got smoke and mirrors and lights? I, I, everybody that has a church and calls themselves a Christian is not right. I read, you know, less than six verses on don't be deceived on these things. You understand the devil's religious. The devil is the best theologian of us all. But yet a devil still. Oh yeah. Reprobate Christianity. If you've ever wondered, they have an attitude which is narcissistic. They have activity, actions, And they have an absurdity. They're always searching for more information, but they're never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. You want to know what that means? They don't ever want to know how to get it right. They just want more info. And what they end up doing is using the info as ammunition to throw back at you. That's what they do. What a mess. That's why we got to stay. He told Timothy there in verse 14 stay with what you've been taught stay with the book stay in the old paths stay in the old ways don't give heed to the winds of doctrine that new stuff that comes through you ever wonder why are we doing church the way they did it a hundred years ago because if it was right a hundred years ago it's still right and i promise you this if it was wrong a hundred years ago it's still wrong I don't care what modern man says about it. If it was wrong 100 years ago, it's still wrong. And if it was right 100 years ago, it's still right. Let's all stand this morning. Let's be on guard against this type of Christianity. Reprobate. Give me a song of imitation, boys.